Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better as Freddie and Harry. He is Harry Douglas. I am Freddie Coleman. We are presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Sirius X and Channel 80. And always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Ten minutes away from finding out. After those collapses over the last month involving the Dolphins in the AFC East and the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC East, who's more likely to make it a comeback or call it a comeback this week when they play in the playoffs part of Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL? We'll get to that in about 10 minutes. But the Tennessee Titans, they did the Buffalo Bills a favor and the Pittsburgh Steelers a favor. They beat the Jacksonville Jaguars and knocked them out of the playoffs. That was not enough to save the job of Mike Vrabel, who was fired today after six seasons, two years removed from being the AP coach of the year in the NFL when they had the best record in the AFC. Amy Adams Strunk, in charge of the Tennessee Titans as a controlling owner on 104.5 The Zone in Nashville. She said this why the time was now to move on from a man who's meant so much to that organization. It wasn't a last night or a month ago or whenever. It's just kind of been all season watching and it, it was difficult, but I thought it was time to make that change. Yeah, I can understand her saying that it's difficult because Coach Vrabel, um, after being hired when I was there in 2000, and I think my last year was 17. Yeah. yeah my last year was 2017. We had Coach Mike Malarkey. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually made the playoffs that year, beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the first round, lost to the New England Patriots in the second round. Um, they moved on from Coach Malarkey, Malarkey and went to Mike Vrabel. First season, they went 9-7. and seven. Second year in 2019, they were able to go to an AFC championship game and have that wild run in which they went to New England and beat Tom Brady, his last yeah. game there. They went and beat the number one seeded Lamar Jackson in the Baltimore Ravens before losing in the AFC championship game to Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City Chiefs. And then they followed that up with two seasons in which they won the AFC South, which I understand is very, very valuable to Amy Adams-Trunk, who's the controlling owner of the Tennessee Titans, the daughter of Bud Adams. Um, they had a wild – in the wild card round, they lost in 2020 to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Mm-hmm. In 2021, when they had the best record, they lost in the divisional round to Joe Burrow and company after sacking him nine times in a ball game. Right. But you look at the last two years in 2022 combined with 2023, 13-22 was the record. Um, excuse me, 13 and 21. Mm -hmm. And I can only think about this right now when it comes to this decision. You have a lot of holes within this football team that needs filling. Right. And it's going to take some time. I can only think of maybe Mike Vrabel is on one side of the spectrum. Maybe the front office is on another side of the spectrum. And moving forward with this organization, you want everyone to be on the same page. And I think that's the best at the end of the day. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, Amy Adams Strunk, she she values moving forward as well with this organization. Whatever disconnect happened, Mike Vrabel paid with his job. And maybe we should have seen this coming the minute that they moved on from someone that Mike Vrabel was hand-in-hand with, guys who used to be part of Page's organization, would come to John Robinson, general manager. The minute they moved on from him, brought in Rand Carthon, 
maybe we should have seen this, that if this kept going down this road, and this road has been they just won six out of their last 24 games, barely two seasons removed, when they had the best record in the AFC, it would be only natural for Rand Carthon and also Amy Adams Strunk to have a conversation saying maybe that message is not getting through. If we're going to start over, we can't just start over, move on from Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill and Nuke Hopkins, but bring him back. Because I guarantee you Mike Vrabel had his way. A.J. Brown will still be a member of this organization. They decided to not re-sign him, and that backfired in their face. Well, it, it, ch- it changed the dynamics of their entire team. No doubt about AJ, that. A.J. Brown played a pivotal role. In, in Even the year I was talking about when they made the AFC um, championship game, but the years that they won the division, A.J. Brown was a pivotal player yep. offensively in them being able to do so. So to move on for him, in which I know Coach Vrabel didn't, and then the organization paid through and through because they're still trying to get wide receivers up to the speed yeah. of the caliber that A.J. Brown played at when he was a Tennessee Titan. Rand Carthon, we mentioned him, the general manager of the Tennessee Titans. He explained exactly the relation involving Mike Vrabel, and that had anything to do with Mike Vrabel no longer being the head coach of Tennessee. And I know there's been a lot of speculation over the last two, three months or whatever it's been about the nature of Mike and I's relationship. I will say that Mike and I, we've never had any issue versus whether it's personal or professional. We worked well together and had a good relationship. We were in lockstep. You know, I wish Braves, you know, nothing but the best. Consider him a friend, and I feel like we'll be that way moving forward. I wonder what Mike Vrabel will have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but look, I, I, and, I, and I'll say this, because uh, Rand Carthorne is someone that I know very, very well. I mean, very well. Uh, we, we talk all the time, but he is someone I, I actually do believe in as a general manager, and mm-hmm. I'm happy that he got this opportunity last year because right. I've seen him with players when he was a scout with the Atlanta Falcons. I, Freddie, I tore my ACL in 2009, and I was having one of those days like, Damn, man, this really happened to me. I was in a funk. Right. And Understandably so. I, I, I didn't say a word to him. He sensed it and seen it, man. And, and we were able to have, have a hell of a conversation. And my whole outlook on things was drastically different. I also watched him go from the Atlanta Falcons to the Los Angeles Rams, where he followed Les Snead. Had a chance to talk to Les the other day at one of the college football games, and he was able to learn on the Les. And then he went to the San Francisco 49ers under John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan and learned how they they did things. So he has a ton of experience on top of being a former player in the league. And for those of you who don't know who Rand Carthone is, you better damn know who his father is, Maurice Carthone. Yeah, because he was no joke at fullback when he played for the New York Giants, one of the leaders that they had on those teams that had Lawrence Taylor, Harry Carson, George Martin, Phil Simms, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Here's something else I just thought about. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. How much does this change the coaching carousel in the NFL? Because no one saw this coming with Mike Vrabel being fired by the Tennessee Titans. Because we had Andrew Hawkins, ESPN NFL analyst. He joined us about 40 minutes ago. And he said, yeah, that question mark's about Tennessee. But that was not the question mark. That occupation, the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. So all of a sudden now, if you're a team like the Chargers, if you're the Raiders, all of a sudden you say, we got an extra candidate out there that we didn't mm-hmm. think would be on the market because you know this, people talk in the National Football League. No one has anything negative to say about Mike Vrabel. They always talk about, man, that's a guy I play for. They're, those teams always well coached. They're always hard to play against. Man, when they beat us, they take the life out of you. All of a sudden now he becomes a candidate that a lot of people with teams having vacancies or may potential vacancy that may be happening 
would not have thought for a second that he would be available, and now here he is on the market, and I don't think he's going to be on the market long when it comes to Mike Vrabel, what he's done to the Tennessee Titans the last two years notwithstanding. Well, it's Mike Vrabel and Jim Harbaugh who are the two top candidates right now when it comes to these coach at candidacies and and these vacancies with these football teams. Here's another eye catcher. There's Mm -hmm. six open available spots on teams right now. Right. (laughs) With potentially three more being added. If you're talking about the the Chicago Bears and New Orleans Saints and the New England Pagers, if they move on from their coaches. So these guys are going to be able to have their pick of the litter. Right, that they're going to be able to, and, and they're the two top guys. So it's going to be those two. If yeah. Jim Harbaugh decides to go to the National Football League, and he is, and everyone else, yeah, underneath those two that's guys. True. So yeah. that's how it's going to fill out, in my opinion. Yeah, because if you're in the Patriots now, you're thinking we decided to move on from Bill Belichick, and we may not want to elevate Gerard Mayo because it seems like he's been a coach in waiting. So I don't know what's been said, what conversations have been had, but you you have to look that way and say, mm, well, wait a minute. That's a guy we better think about considering. We don't make yep. a run at Jim Harbaugh. If we don't move on from Bill Belichick or we move on from Bill Belichick, all of a sudden you can cast a glance over there and say, hmm, we got to really consider that guy because we know exactly what we're going to get if we decide to move on from Bill Belichick and take a chance guy who played for him but didn't exactly coach like him when yep. it comes to Mike Vrabel in Tennessee. So here's another catch, catcher and spinoff to this whole New England situation. Let's just say New England decides that they want to you know, part ways with Bill Belichick and they hire Mike Vrabel. Not only do you have Bill Belichick as now being a coaching candidate for other teams, now you have Gerard Mayo as well, right? Absolutely. Because he didn't get that job. So now you have two yep. guys coming out of New England potentially being a coaching candidate for these vacancies that's, go- that's going to be open. Yeah, according to reports, Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, the coach and owner respectively, the Patriots, they've already had a meeting. They have another sit-down meeting. So who knows? Maybe Bill Belichick is back for one more year. And if he is, then we'll see exactly what happens with Mike Vrabel. And Gerard Mayo is still being a head coach in waiting as a linebackers coach for the New England Patriots. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Always appreciate you joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay, and of course you want some benefits, you better go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. It was a poor game for the Eagles as they lose to the New York Giants in the final regular season game, 27-10. to 10. They don't seem to have any kind of rhyme or rhythm to what they're doing. They seem to be a shell of themselves. I just didn't think they'd be soft. It wasn't that long ago that the Philadelphia Eagles and the Miami Dolphins were in first place in their respective divisions. And it didn't seem like the Dallas Cowboys were going to catch the Eagles in the east of the NFC or that the Buffalo Bills were going to catch the Miami Dolphins in the east of the AFC. <laughs> Lo and behold, here we are. Both of those teams did not win their divisions. And people are wondering about Nick Sirianni and the Philadelphia Eagles. Although he says, if you're worried about us quitting... None of us are quitters. We all get up off the mat and we keep going. When, you're, when you get hit in life, when you get hit in football, you got two options. You can stay down, you can get the F up. And I know this group is fighters. I know this group will get up. I know that we've all been through things in our life that, is, that's, that we've had all had to deal with and we know how to get up. And that's why we're all sitting in this room. The same message that I talked to the guys about last year, you know, going into the NFC Championship game about not only are we physically tough, we're mentally tough and thinking about all the stuff that you've been through in your life and why you're in this seat right now. There's the same message I would say right now. Do you really know how to get up, Coach Sirianni? (laughs) This is the same coach that just said recently that he he don't know what it is that has his team playing the way they're playing, right? Yeah, so do you really know how to... 
Your team knows how to get up Coach Nick Sirianni, although let's be honest, they haven't been the same since Big Dom got into a Dre Greenlaw of the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> Maybe all that mental and physical toughness went with him when the NFL said, you know what, you overstepped those bounds. This is not a Sopranos episode. This is the National Football League, brother. You can't just be going out there trying to exact some frontier justice just because you felt one of the players on the team was taken advantage of by Dre Greenlaw. All that being said, Philadelphia, I don't know who has to find it, whether it's Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, or whoever. But what I've seen from this team, not physically, not just physically, but mentally, all of a sudden for him to say, we don't have a bunch of quitters here. Why would you bring that up if nobody asked you that when it comes to Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, and it's unfortunate because this football team, um, I won't say they were playing the best of their football, but they were finding ways to win. And in the National Football League, wins are wins. But at the same time, when you're doing that, some things get, you know, covered up and you don't focus the way you're supposed to focus on things and getting better. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at their last six games. They're one and five in their last six games with losses to the Giants, the Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks. It should have probably could have lost to the Giants the first time around as well, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. Um, But but they're not playing well right now. And I'm, I'm really... I'm really not high on this football team going into the playoffs. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a great shot at winning this game because of the strengths of their team and what they like to do. From an offensive standpoint, we know that they're going to pass the football, and Baker Mayfield's going to get the ball to Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Well, what's been one of the deficiencies for the (laughs) – for the Philadelphia Eagles, their pass defense and third down defense. But then when you look at the offensive side for Philly, one of the things that hurt them is being able to have things drawn up or defeating pressure or the blitz. We've seen that in the Sunday night football game versus the Dallas Cowboys. Well, guess what? You Guess who you have over there as a head coach? A guy named Todd Bowles mm-hmm. who enjoys sending the blitz. Yeah. So you better figure something out. But I don't have faith in the Eagles right now, nor do I have faith in the team in South Miami called the Miami Dolphins. Well, the, the two things that these two have had differently, but almost the same, at times the Dolphins forget who they are. The Philadelphia Eagles, they were always, we're going to stop you from running the football and we're going to run the football. They haven't done any of that. They haven't stopped people from running and they have not run the football. They made Tyrod Taylor look like he was playing in high school the way he was slinging the ball over the place on Sunday. With the Miami Dolphins, it seems that they know what they want to do and who they have to be because that's who they have to be to help out their quarterback. Tua Tungavailoa is not good enough that the running game is not working to overcome that. And Mike McDaniel, this public service message from Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas, you're behind better run the football this weekend. You know why? Game time temperature zero degrees with a low of minus nine on Saturday night. If you don't run to help out your quarterback, because I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I guarantee you it has never been minus nine in Hawaii where Tua Tungavailoa grew up at. That's what he's going to be playing in on Saturday night in Kansas City. He may be looking for the, any bench that's warm <laughs> to not go out there. So if you're Mike McDaniel, you look at your two running backs, and you look at the offensive line and say, strap him up, boys. You're going to be running the ball a lot. Because if you don't, and having two are trying to pass in those conditions, 
Good luck to you. You think that's going to work and you forget who you are if you're the Miami Dolphins. Well, I played in Kansas City twice, once in December, once in January in the playoffs against the Kansas City Chiefs. And we went down big in that game. But what brought us back was a guy named Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. who had 23 carries for 156 yards and a touchdown. As a team, we rushed for over 200 yards. Yeah. That's what it's going to take, especially if you want an opportunity to win in Kansas City when the temperatures are um, frigid. Yeah. Uh, like they're going to be, man. I, I tell you, man. That, that, that's uh-huh. you saying those tempers, temperatures bring back some memories, Freddie. Because, yeah. man, it's 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 difficult because a lot of people, if a, if a player drop a pass, they're like, man, catch the ball. They don't know yeah. that it's cold. And in the previous year that we played in 2016 in December, uh-huh. that's when it was negative 16 with the wind chill. Oof. We were able to get a win as well, 29 carries, 148 yards, and two touchdowns. We were able to rush the football effectively. You can't just go into those temperatures and think you're going to pass the football all right. day long. It don't work yeah. like that, yeah. boss. Yeah. Mother Nature says no, 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 no. Yeah. On the other side, if you thought those guys were dropping balls in Kansas City when it was really good weather, Ooh, <laughs> what is that going to look like when they go out there and they're thinking, oh, my goodness, we got to catch try to catch this rock that's going to be thrown for Patrick Mahomes. It is on pace to be one of the coldest NFL games ever. It's expected on Saturday night when these two teams play at 8 o'clock on Peacock. Zero degrees with a low of minus 9 as the game goes along. Miami, Philadelphia, I don't know if you're going to be fine in Florida. I Miami, that, you better Freddie. run the football. You better run I, the football. I live that life. I'm going to post some pictures uh-huh. today on Twitter so people can see the, the, I the, see the, the, the frost coming out my mouth as I'm just barely breathing. It's never good when icicles are on your eyelids. Oh, oh. my goodness. <laughs> it's terrible. I, I wish people could see your face right now because Harry Harry's now in a place that he's in a dark cave that he does not want to be in right now. Going back to that night, playing in that oh. football game. So, the, so the the second one, the playoff one, I was inactive that game. Oh yeah, but the 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 one in 2016 in December. Uh huh. Woo! I dropped every pass in, in pregame warm up. So where were you if you weren't active for that game? Where were you? I was on the sideline in, in, wow. in my ski mask. You were supporting my, your team. In, yeah, in my little toboggan and in my sweatsuit, I had mm-hmm. warmers on, on underneath everything. Uh huh. Yep. I got a picture right now, an image. Of a very frosty Harry Douglas out there on talking, the sideline. talking smack to every player for the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, you had to. The only way you're going to keep warm. Yeah, keep flapping those gums, drinking, drink, <laughs> drinking chicken broth and, and hot chocolate on the sidelines. Wow, it wasn't hot for long. No. <laughs> nope. Well, put it this way: for the for the most of the season, Eagles and Dolphins were living in a paper castle. That paper castle is about to come to a screeching halt that they can't figure it out. With the Eagles in Tampa Bay on Monday playing that game on ESPN ABC at 815 Eastern Time, part of Super Rock Hard Weekend, and then Saturday, Saturday night on Peacock. The NFL streaming this game, they might want to revisit that and say, we might need to put this game on NBC with those kind of temperatures. People may not want to stream a game with zero degrees and minus nine potential Fahrenheit when they kick off that game on Saturday night between Kansas City and the Miami Dolphins, I can feel the the cold right now just even thinking <laughs> about that. Harry Douglas, Freddie Cohen together. Thanks for joining us. And Freddie and Harry, hit us up anytime you want to Dr. Pepper call in line. Where should Jim Harbaugh coach next season? Do that at Triple H say ESPN, 888-729-3776. It's going to be the first, but it won't be the last. It's the Freddie and Harry NFL Awards. It's the only awards that matter. And that's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance on Sirius XM Channel 80 as well as telling you a smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. It's going to be cold as death in Kansas City on Saturday night when the Chiefs take on the Miami Dolphins. Game time temperature, zero. It could get the minus nine before that game is over, but we know that anybody going to that game is going to be a hot ticket. And Hot Ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, a ticketing partner of ESPN, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets and experience it live. So we're going to get a little flow underneath us. It's the first time, but it won't be the last time, the Freddie and Harry NFL Awards. Now, we had our preseason selections as we go through each and every award currently after the season is over. We'll tell who we thought was going to win in preseason and who we think is going to win it now. So we bring in Shannon Penn, our producer. What you got? Let's do the Freddie Harry NFL Awards for 2023-2024. All right. The first category is MVP. We're starting right at the top. Harry, in preseason, you had Lamar Jackson. Freddie, you had Jalen Hurts with the wild card being Justin Herbert. Harry, I will start with you. Who is your NFL MVP? My NFL MVP of the 2023 season is going to be Lamar Action Jackson. The best team in the NFL, but we also seen what he's able to do and how valuable he is to his football team. That offense, they got a new offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin. They brought in some new offensive weapons, but I don't think any of that works without Lamar Jackson in his presence. That's one of the things that's been proven over the last two years yeah. when he's been injured. So Lamar Jackson went an MVP for a second time in his career. Yeah, you were right on it in the preseason when it came to Lamar Jackson. Completely in step, locked in step with you because especially it seemed that not just each and every game. It seemed like each and every play, something spectacular was going to happen. And the more and more that they kept getting comfortable, that running game complimenting him, he was complimenting that running game. This guy was able to do this without one of the better ties in the National Football League named Mark Andrews. Lost for the season, torn ACL. But then Isaiah Lively, he was touring for this football team. 
they were able to find play after play after play because of him. I want to give a special honorable mention to Christian McCaffrey of the San Francisco 49ers. He's probably not going to finish in the top five, but he was as valuable to his team not playing quarterback as anybody in the NFL. But, Harry, you're right. The MVP for the second time in his career, that's going to be in the household known as Lamar Jackson. All right, the next category, Offensive Player of the Year, preseason selections. Freddie, you went with Tyreek Hill. Harry, you went with Garrett Wilson. Freddie, what say you, Offensive Player of the Year? Well, yeah, Tyreek Hill. I mean, that's going to be the guy with a close second being Christian McCaffrey because this should be like the quarter, the not-quarterback award. Even compromised with an ankle injury, Tyreek Hill may be the most dangerous player in the National Football League that is not a quarterback. We saw what he looked like when he was fully healthy. Everybody benefited. And when you don't have Jalen Waddle, it's a lot easier to guard him, but it's still not easy to do that. He is a threat to score each and every time, to have a big play each and every time he gets his hands on the football. My offensive play of the year is that dude down in Miami, the wide receiver known as Tyreek Hill. Yeah, beforehand I picked Garrett Wilson, and sorry, Aaron Rodgers went down four plays into the season. So Garrett Wilson, maybe in 2024, you will have an opportunity to win offensive play of the year. But for me this year, it's going to be Christian McCaffrey because ah. he means so much to his football team and how valuable he is. Okay. Leading Russia right now in the National Football League with over 1,400 yards, I believe 14 touchdowns too, but it's also what he's able to do in the pass game. And also being that security blanket for Brock Purdy. We know what this team looks like with Christian McCaffrey. We know how much he means to it. Uh you look at his father and Ed McCaffrey, he played for Kyle Shanahan's father, right, with the Denver Broncos. So we understand how those two families are entwined. Yeah. And there was a reason why Kyle Shanahan traded for him and went to Carolina and got him and brought him to San Francisco. He's been a difference maker, and they better make sure he's healthy for the playoffs when they start back playing. All right, the next category on the list, Defensive Player of the Year. We're looking at the Freddie and Harry NFL Awards. In the preseason, Harry, you had T.J. Watt. Freddie, you had Roquan Smith. Mm -hmm. Harry, who's your Defensive Player of the Year? For me, it's going to be T.J. Watt. Leads the league in sacks right now with 19. But we've seen on multiple occasions this season, T.J. Watt, along with his other running mate, rushing the edge, win football games by themselves or by himself. We know when he's healthy what this defense looks like. We know when he's healthy the Pittsburgh Steelers have an opportunity to have a chance. Well, he was healthy before Saturday, uh, Saturday when they played. Mm-hmm. They were able to get the win in that football game. They made it into the playoffs. Mike Tomlin was at it again, so I got T.J. Watt for Defensive Player of the Year. Really good call, T.J. Watt, because he does so many different things well, and he is the heartbeat and pulse of that football team. I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to stay in that division. And for me, it's Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns. I know the numbers are in favor of T.J. Watt in terms of tackles, in terms of sacks. He had 19. Miles Garrett had 14. T.J. Watt had 68 tackles. Miles Garrett had 48. But his impact was tremendous each and every game. He was just completely, completely hard to block. Even if he didn't get home for the sack, that kind of pressure was always, always immense. And he always was able to be terrific in the running game, allowing their linebackers to get home and make those kind of plays. It seemed that there were plenty of games this year, and that's not, and this is not sliding T.J. Watt, but there were plenty of games that Miles Garrett was the best player on the field, offense or defense. He single-handedly wrecked the Cincinnati Bengals in a game this year where they couldn't block him. He was doing like his Steph Curry, but crossed over trying to hit a three-point shot and then sacking the quarterback. Miles Garrett had been that dominant. We've seen it before. But we really saw it seemingly each and every play, each and every game. I love your choice of T.J. Watt, but I'm going to stay in that division. Miles Garrett, for me, will be my defensive player of the year. All right, offensive rookie of the year. In the preseason, Freddie, you had Anthony Richardson. 
Harry, you went with Bijan Robinson. Freddie, what say you for Offensive Rookie of the Year? Well, if Anthony Richards could have stayed healthy, he would have been in the running for this. I give mm-hmm. the coach a lot of credit. They almost made the playoffs without him, but Anthony Richardson showed that he's got some stones and he's got some ability. My Offensive Rookie of the Year, it really comes down to two people. C.J. Stroud of the Houston Texans and Puka Nakua, the wide receiver of the Los Angeles Rams. I'm going to go with C.J. Stroud. I'm going to go with the guy that people looked at and said, man, it's nice you drafted a rookie quarterback. You might win four games this year if you get the five-throw parade. They doubled that and won the damn division in the AFC South. And when he was not part of the team, when he was injured a couple of games, that offense looked like a Pop Warner football team, a bunch of six-year-olds where everybody met where the ball was. The minute he got back in there, everybody felt better. And he didn't have Tank Dell, who was having a fantastic season and was still able to rise and win that division. It's close, but C.J. Stroud, the young man out of the Ohio State University, he gets my vote Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I'm going to go with C.J. Stroud as well. Uh, before the season, I had B. John Robinson. But C.J. Stroud, you talk about a guy that's a rookie quarterback, able to go within his uh, – his team and become an instant leader, not just with his play on the football field, but off the field, right? Mm -hmm. Getting everyone together, doing things with, with his teammates off of the football field, making sure they had that chemistry when they did get on the football field and were able to play games. Also look at a guy that's eighth in the lead right now in passing yards over 4,100 yards, 23 touchdowns to just five interceptions. So he's taking care of the football and completing 64% of his passes. He was able to win the AFC South in which a ton of people, if they would have bet every dollar to their name, they would have lost every dollar to their name yeah. because they would have bet against the Houston Texans actually being able to complete that and get that done. I would also say this about C.J. Stroud. First play of the game, they came out versus the Colts. Colts play cover six. What does that mean, folks? Two plus four equals six. They play cover two to the boundary. They play quarters, which is cover four to the field. The post route was wide open, and Nico Collins took it in for a touchdown. Set the tone for that football game, but he also had other throws in that matchup, mm-hmm. Freddie, yeah. that helped him win that game. C.J. Stroud, that boy, bad. How close were you to choosing Puka Nakua, a man who had 108 catches, yep. 105 catches, excuse me, 1,486 yards and six touchdowns as a fifth-round pick? How close are you to maybe choosing Puka Nakua? over C.J. Stroud because it was pretty close for me. You want to know the difference? What was the difference? If C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans would not have made the playoffs, I would have chose Nakua. But also, not only did they make the playoffs, they won their division. Yeah. So that that was a deciding factor when choosing between the two guys. Yeah. The Rams seem to find these guys. Cooper Cup, a third rounder. Yep. Puka Nakua, a fifth rounder. And both of those guys are going to be hell on wheels. They play the Detroit Lions this weekend. Part of Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL playoffs. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Giving you our first, but it won't be the last, NFL Freddie and Harry NFL Awards. We had our preseason picks. Now we're giving the picks that we think should be there. Right now, MVP, we both think it's going to be Lamar Jackson. Offensive Player of the Year, I chose Tyreek Hill, wide receiver Kansas City. Harry chose Christian McCaffrey, running back of the San Francisco 49ers. Defensive Player of the Year, Harry chose T.J. Watt of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I went with Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns. We both agreed Offensive Rookie of the Year, but it was close. C.J. Stroud, the quarterback of the Houston Texans, over wide receiver Puka Nakua of the Los Angeles Rams. Once again, here is Shannon Penn. All right, two more categories left. We actually didn't do a preseason for this one, but Harry, you go first. I'll ask you, who's been the most disappointing team in the NFL this season? 
It's the Jacksonville Jaguars starting eight and three and not even making the playoffs. And every time it seemed like the lights were bright for them and they had that stage, they lost. Whether it was versus the Kansas City Chiefs, the Houston Texans, the San Francisco 49ers, the Cleveland Browns, the Baltimore Ravens, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the inconsistency from this football team, especially the quarterback position, really hurt them this season. You couldn't have told me that the Jacksonville Jaguars starting eight and three would not have made the playoffs in 2023. They told the fans that playoff tickets were on sale. <laughs> yep, They got a that. lot of refunds that they're going to have to give the people. Don't tell me, uh-uh, I don't want to hit no PSA. We're going to roll it over to the next season. Nope, give me my damn money back. <laughs> I want my money back. I don't want to hit nothing about no PSL. Give me my money back. <laughs> <laughs> my most disappointing team I'm going to stay in, a, in the same division in terms of like the south part of the country but I'm going to go to the NFC that team's the New Orleans Saints they mm. had absolutely no business looking like that with the kind of talent that they possess and you bring in Derek Carter quarterback and I'm thinking man that's the right guy to have and you finish 9-8 and eight in that division Tampa Bay is not on your level talent wise the Atlanta Falcons are not on your level talent-wise. And yet, you finished 9-8. and eight. You lost a one-point game to Green Bay Packers when you had a 17-3 lead. You got blitzed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We said you didn't want to be there. You lost to the Houston Texans who out-toughed you 20-13. to 13. You lost to Jacksonville 31-24. to 24. You got blitzed by the Vikings 37-19 without Kirk Cousins, I might add. You lost to the Atlanta Falcons 24-15 ah! at home. You lost to the Lions by 5. You lost to the Rams by 8. Your talent had no business making sure that you were going to be a team that wound up being 9-8. and eight. You were a 12-win team that should have run away and hit in that division, and you didn't do it. You have nobody to blame but yourselves, New Orleans. For my money, that was the most disappointing team in the NFL this year. All right, enough of the outhouse. Let's get to the penthouse. Our Super Bowl <laughs> wow. picks. All right, in the preseason, right, Harry, you had Bengals and 49ers. Freddie, you had Eagles and Chiefs. Uh-huh. Freddie, what say you? Give me your Super Bowl pick. Well, hold on really quick, really quick. You know what happens in the penthouse stays in the penthouse. Go ahead, Freddie, proceed. Put it this way. We wouldn't know these things, Mr. Penthouse Man. <laughs> we, we know it's up there. We know that the elevator goes up there. But Shannon Penn, Devin Kane, and Freddie Cole have never been there. So we don't know about these things, Mr. Penthouse Man. I'm, you heard, I'm you heard Chris saying. Rock? Nope. In the champagne room. A, nope. <laughs> in the champagne room. There will be no Freddie, apparently, in the penthouse of the champagne room based on this conversation. <laughs> Look, I don't know what happens in the penthouse, but I know it goes down in the outhouse. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> Yuck and poo. So who are your Super Bowl picks, Harry? I'll, I'll, I'll defer to you. Yeah, I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. Before the season, I picked the Bengals and the 49ers. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take out the Bengals, and I'm going to put Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. I'm going to say the San Francisco 49ers, and I'm going to say the Kansas City Chiefs. Ooh. Until you take, until you take that away. And this will, it will be the first time that we've ever seen this. Patrick Mahomes, not if, but when they beat Miami on Saturday night, that he's going to play a playoff game on the road. But I'm still aligning it right there. That defense is the best defense that we've seen from Kansas City since Patrick Mahomes got there. I just just find a reason to believe that they're going to find a way. I'll say 49ers and Chiefs, those two teams will be in the Super Bowl. It's probably going to be Ravens and 49ers now. Not to put it out there, it's going to be 49ers <laughs> and Chiefs. But it's probably going to be Ravens and 49ers when it's all said and done. He is Harry Douglas and Freddie Cohen together. And Freddie and Harry hit us on Twitter anytime you want. Harry's handle at hdouglas83. My handle at Coleman ESPN. In other news, 
This is how worried the Detroit Lions are with Matthew Stafford, their former quarterback, coming to play them this weekend in the playoffs. That's strange, but really <laughs> truthful story next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together on Freddie and Harry, appreciate you joining us on Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell you a smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Each and every night, there are plenty of things that we find out about that we can't wait to share with you. We make sure that those news do not keep on the wraps because of... They may not be the top stories of the day. In other news. But you need to be in the know. This is In Other News. It'll be a reunion when it comes to the Detroit Lions taking on the Los Angeles Rams. Matthew Stafford, former Detroit Lions quarterback, coming back to the place that he is still revered, a city that he's still revered on the opposite side. Well, a Detroit Lions fan group called the Detroit Line, they want a Matthew Stafford jersey banned before these two get together on Sunday. That line has shared an Instagram post imposing a Matthew Stafford jersey ban for the game, and I quote, we're calling for a Lions Stafford jersey ban on Sunday. Detroit will not and should not be celebrating him this week. He is now our enemy in a sporting sense. He has to be traded. He didn't believe in this franchise anymore and wanted the easy road with a ready-made winner. Please, don't wear a Lions-Stafford jersey to the game. If you do, we hope you get ridiculed and have it confiscated. This is not a time to be cute. 
This is not a time to be funny. This is about business and putting the final nail in the SOL coffin. By the way, we will accept duct tape and Williams and Sharpie on the nameplate. I don't see nothing wrong with it. It's playoff football, man. <laughs> I understand. Listen, Matthew Stafford, the, the people of Detroit love Matthew Stafford. Uh-huh. But now it's when are you go home. If this is a regular season game, yeah. you don't have anything like this. Mm-hmm. But this is win or go home. You're talking about a franchise that haven't been to the playoff in forever, hasn't had a playoff win in forever. Like, no. <laughs> I want to see no damn number nines in the, in the building for what? <laughs> and it's nothing personal to Mrs. Stafford. It, it, it has nothing to do uh-huh. with anything on a personal level. This yeah. is football. This is playoff football, Freddie. Uh-huh. So you don't mind being the Petty LaBelle there? No. I don't want to see no number nines. Not a no. No, nope, 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 nope. Now, you mentioned Matthew's wife, Kelly, and she said, and I quote, well, this is sad because it's the completely opposite of how we feel about this city, but Matthew has always been the bigger person and will continue to be that, praying for an incredible game with zero injuries. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. It's not Listen, that deep. I, I'm they're, with they're, you. They're, they're not saying this that like, like they hate Matthew Stafford. Absolutely. This is a playoff football game, something that the Detroit Lions organization, yeah. they've been waiting for for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And they just had an unbelievable season. Yeah. This has nothing to do with them hating Matthew Stafford or anything, in my opinion. Uh-huh. This has everything to do with this is playoff football. <laughs> Matthew, we don't give a damn about you Come come when they play Saturday or Sunday. 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 We don't Sunday. care about you Sunday. After Sunday. Sunday, Matt, we care about you. Mm-hmm. Sunday, one o'clock in time. You know there's going to be some emboldened Lions fans with Stafford jerseys <laughs> that are going to show up to that. Hope they don't get beat up in there. I don't think so. We're not talking about Miami. I'm on, just that's joking. not going to happen as far as that goes. <laughs> this may be the most expensive dog food ever. A Pennsylvania dog shocked his owners and the vet after eating 4000 bucks in cash. Now, this dog money napper, who shall remain nameless, Cecil, is a seven-year-old golden noodle from Pennsylvania. Last month, he ate 4000 bucks in cash because his owners had it on the kitchen counter because they were going to take it to the bank. <laughs> I'm not making this up. Carrie, the owner, said, I swear to God, has never touched anything in his life, this dog. But suddenly, my husband, Clayton's yelling at me, Cecil's eating $4,000. I thought, I cannot be hearing that. I almost had a heart attack, end quote. Now, she said, she and her husband, it had been a withdrawal from the joint savings account. Within 30 minutes of bringing the money for the bank, that dog Cecil went mm-mm-mm-mm good and ate all $4,000 worth of that money. Oh, oh man, Cecil. Oh, man. Now, it gets better. They took the dog to the vet, but thankfully, he didn't need medical treatment. But they had a way to, since, you know, he already ate the money, that they had, he had to get rid of the money that, yeah, that way. Uh-huh. Oh, so it came out in a liquid way. Front and back. Oh, man, Cecil, both at the same time. He, like he, when I had that, that, that food poisoning. Uh-huh. Carrie, had a baby, Cecil. Carrie <laughs> said, there we are, the utility sink. We're washing this blank money, yelling, yeah, yes, we got one. It smelled so bad. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm going to be honest. If a dog's named Cecil, I can't trust it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. We're on this now. Why can't you trust a dog named Cecil? Cecil, a dog named Cecil is up to something. <laughs> and, and born out. He's sneaky. A sneaky dog. By the way, after they were able to clean everything off and tape the money together, they only lost 450 bucks. 
Oh, okay, okay. That, yeah. That's that's reasonable. Uh, yeah. you, you don't want to lose any, but right. for a dog that ate all the money, ooh, man. You don't want that, you don't want that money coming out of that dog's butt, but you got to do what man, you got to do. Hey, <laughs> boo-boo money is good sometimes, I guess. <laughs> See, so literally wiped his ass with money, didn't he? <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Moral of our story is do not leave anything lying around your dog because they'll see it. And the next thing you know, you're over utility sink going, this smells so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Amber and Ian will try to clean things up. Peter Burns is in for Amber Wilson. That comes up after we're done here. For Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman, this has been Freddie and Harry and the mighty ESPN Radio. Take care. God bless. Always, dogs, stay away. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.